friends, and welcome back to Ghoul's Night In, the spooky chat show with your best ghoul friends. I'm Penny Snark. And I'm Midge Munster. And welcome to 2024, Midge. Happy New Year. Very exciting to be doing the first Ghoul's Night episode of 2024. Yes. Uh, so when I was getting ready, um, thinking about what I wanted to do this week, I was like, you know, I should really do something positive and uplifting. Uh so this episode's about death is what you're telling <laughs> yeah, me. Um, but I, I, I did not do that. Um, I have something dark um, yeah. for you. That's always uh, how Penny's trains of thought start out. It's like, I should do something fun and perky. And it's like, let's talk about bodies on Everest. <laughs> right. Um, well, this was, as, as I often do, I was, you know, lying awake in the night thinking, thinking sure. thoughts. And sure. my brain was just like, you know what you should talk about? Jack the Ripper oh okay cool um so i don't think anyone here uh, is going to be surprised that i also had a jack the ripper face when i was in school uh, now i think you need to clarify does that mean <laughs> you were interested in him or that you were committing some i was acts? i was just ripping you I know me ripping. i was you ripping. know how i be <laughs> <laughs> all right um before we get into this um just a disclaimer, um, obviously this is a very complicated and not a very pleasant story. Um, I'm not going to get into any gory details. Um, if you want like a full true crime breakdown, um, I'm sure there are lots of other really great podcasts for that. Um, but I more want to talk about kind of like the, the mythology of Jack the Ripper, how he came to prominence and why it has remained um, a piece of so much interest over all these years because um, like this happened at the end of the 1800s and when i was doing research for this episode and like just straight up google jack the ripper there are still newspaper articles like speculating about yeah. his identity now like it's still considered click worthy today which is pretty crazy it is it's definitely a, a vital piece of history even though it's very sad <laughs> yes um so we will start with the basics. Um, so Jack the Ripper is the name that was given to a possible killer of probably five women in Whitechapel um, over three months in 1888. Uh, if that sounds weird and vague, um, that's because everything about this is actually kind of squiffy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not squiffy. <laughs> it's squiffy. It is squiffy. Um, so there are what is referred to as five canonical victims of jack the ripper um, which is mary ann nichols um, starting on august 31st of 1888 followed by annie chapman elizabeth stride catherine eddowes and then finally mary jane kelly on november 9th 1888 um, so these are generally connected um, due to the fact that they all occurred at night um, on or near a weekend um, near the end of the month um, with a similar method of death and treatment of the body. Uh, several of these women were reported to be dead only a short time before being discovered. So like people were like, ah, she was still warm and things like that. Um, mm. But there were like never really reliable witnesses. And this is before even fingerprinting had been sure. yeah. <laughs> invented. Uh, so there's functionally zero evidence. Just like um, a time when people could just get away with stuff. Yep. You just do you just do whatever you want. Um, so those are the five that are kind of generally considered to be Ripper victims. However, there are eleven murders of women from February. So as I said, this the first like canonical one is August. Um, and then stretching into 1891 in the Whitechapel area um, that could potentially be Ripper murders. 
and of course this case spoiler alert becomes a media sensation there are random murders around europe that people try to like attach to this or if you feel like going in the opposite direction um these five were grouped and kind of considered to be the victims in in the period and the time and there are people today who don't even believe those people were killed by the same person <laughs> mm-hmm. so it is kind of a a question mark there um and one of the things you may have noticed that i did not say um, about jack the ripper's victims that is kind of the the common thread um is that they were sex workers um this mm-hmm. was something that was very widely reported at the time um the media it was very much part of like this lurid news story about like bad women leaving dangerous lives who you know maybe they deserved what they got uh does that sound (laughs) sadly familiar (laughs) um yep and they're often described as degenerates or unfortunates um in the press uh so in my research there is a book um, by hallie rubenhold called the five the untold lives of the women killed by jack the ripper Um, that was the first book that was really focusing on the victims instead of like trying to put forward a theory about the killer uh, which is super shitty because this just came out in 2019. (laughs) yeah um so i have not read this yet i am very interested in it but i did read um, some interviews with her as i was prepping this um and she actually argues that there's only proof that two of the five women had any history with sex work and most of them were certainly impoverished um were likely sleeping on the streets um obviously whether or not someone is a sex worker has no bearing um on how sad their death is um but it is just a kind of an example of how the press was really circling and promoting parts of the narrative that don't necessarily have any basis (laughs) in reality right well yeah what a what a shocking discovery that we tried to make this uh the fault of the the victims right. that were that were women <laughs> uh-huh. how weird yeah good, that's good never thing happened. that doesn't happen good thing anymore that stopped immediately <laughs> after the 1800s yeah thank goodness right uh, uh so this is really the first major crime that had this kind of media coverage um and that's for the reason that really this is like the first time that kind of media existed in the omnipresent way that we mm-hmm. think about it now um so there were more newspapers than ever during this time. Papers were cheaper than they'd ever been. And more of the poor and lower classes, therefore, like of the entire population, were actually literate, um, which created a huge spike um, in creation and consumption of news content. Um, I found one source that said um, that during the time of the kind of Ripper murders, the most popular paper at the time, The Star, was selling 300,000 copies a day. Oh my gosh, wow. So like the people, the people were, were crazy for this, like hungry for it. Yeah. Hungry for it. And I mean, honestly, like, as I was reading about it, I was like, oh, so this is exactly like social media Um, because it was just tons of speculation stuff that um, was, you know, just plain made up because the papers were looking for stuff that they could print, you know, every single day. Yeah, about this people case thought that because it was written on official paper it must be true <laughs> right um so as we kind of talked about there was a lot of villainizing not just of like the women themselves but also just people who lived in the white chapel area like these were really crappy parts of town like there are a lot of 
poor people. Um, there was lots of xenophobic and, of course, anti-Semitic theories about the killer because they're like, of course, this must be some, you know, horrifying yeah. non-white brute who is trawling around. Uh, of course. So, of course, you know. Uh, so the first name that was actually attached to um, the killer that we know today as Jack the Ripper uh, was Leather Apron. Oh, right. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> Upsetting. <laughs> um, American and, Mary. Yeah. Uh, so this was um, a reference to apparently there was a man um, that some local women had complained were harassing them um, who, surprise, wore a leather apron um, like a butcher or another like workman of the times. Um, and this was like, this was after the initial murder um, of Mary Nichols in August. So people were like right away being like, we got to name this thing. <laughs> like what's going on? Mm -hmm. um, and the name Jack the Ripper actually comes from one of the letters um, that was supposedly sent by the killer. Uh, so there is what is now called the Dear Boss letter, um, which was received on September 27th, 1888. So like kind of in the middle of mm -hmm, everything like going on. Um, and it was, yeah. yep, it was signed Jack the Ripper, uh, which was the first <laughs> appearance of the name. Um, it's not funny, but I'm picturing like <laughs> if it was the same person, right, mm -hmm. that they're like, like upset like they're like oh leather I can't right they're like leather apron. Apron. that's so lame <laughs> i want a Hate cool that. name like jack the ripper right much better <laughs> much better um so unsurprisingly this was one of just like hundreds of letters that were sent to the papers um this one was also assumed to be a hoax when it came in you know like any of the other ones uh but it did rise to kind of prominence because the letter references um, cutting off a woman's ear and sending it to the police um, and in the following murder of Catherine Eddowes um, her part of her ear was cut um, although neither her or anyone's ear was ever sent to the police so I'm mm -hmm. kind of like I don't know how like how strong of a connection sure this is like that it does sound like the kind of thing that you might just say if you were writing a crazy letter <laughs> if you were yeah if you were an insane person sending a letter <laughs> sure sending a letter makes sense um, <laughs> so the the other two missives that are kind of frequently believed to potentially be from the real killer um was the saucy jack postcard um this refer <laughs> yeah i know they all have great mm -hmm. names um it refers back um to some of the contents of the dear boss letter and it had similar handwriting um and then there is the from hell letter uh, which is notable because it was delivered with half of a human kidney um oh which, well yeah that'll yep. do it yep um and that is one of the body parts that was removed from a ripper victim um but of course they had no way of knowing whose kidney <laughs> that was right, there's no dna <laughs> there's right. no dna there's no anything so they were just kind of like well this is a kidney that's messed up um, <laughs> damn that's crazy anyway that's crazy. here's wonderwall yeah <laughs> pretty much um there are a bunch of other letters that people argue whether they're legitimate or not and of course there are plenty of people who doubt that any of these letters um are legitimate um there was supposedly there was a, a journalist of the time who supposedly confessed in the 30s to making up letters Oh, I'm sure. Which, for, of course, like, they did. Sales? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course they did. Um, well, and, of course, there's, you know, anything like this where there's a media frenzy, you're going to have copycats, you're mm -hmm. going to have people yep. 
who idolize the killer and doing weird shit like this. <laughs> yeah, right. there's just there's absolutely no way without forensics to determine that any of that is yes even kind of true (laughs) pretty much and like honest that was kind of like i'm like in the end we really know basically nothing (laughs) about this and i mean yeah and i think that's why it you know has stuck around um Mm -hmm. because there are so many empty gaps for people to fill in either i mean illegitimately in the press or um as we will talk about in fiction um so like there's the case obviously was never solved um there were never really any solid suspects um so jack the ripper really kind of became a boogeyman like immediately in the time like people were talking about him keeping like i said there were you know reports that it's like oh there was you know a murder in germany maybe jack the ripper did it and it's like move (laughs) he's he's on the move um so kind of the general assumption but but that most historic people historic people historians <laughs> you know what i mean you know, historic people yeah. historic people well i guess i think it was also of people in history at the time um they kind of think that after um the final that fifth killing um that the person was either killed or like put in an institution or arrested for something else mm-hmm. and that's kind of the accepted i would say theory of the case um but who knows um so you know how sometimes we feel like whoa like too soon when people announce that they're making like movies or miniseries about crimes these Uh days because they like make them right right away um i would definitely say uh too soon to john francis brewer who published a gothic novel that featured catherine eddo's murder as a plot point in october 1888 like two months later while the murders were still actively happening like the last canon like the last canonical victim isn't until november like it was it was literally ongoing and he was like you know what this is going in my novel that's wild brom stoker's people wouldn't even let him fully publish dracula because of jack the ripper <laughs> yeah john francis brewer was like what's up <laughs> kicks down the door what's up bitches <laughs> i've got a gothic novel <laughs> boy have i got a novel for you right uh so they can wild yeah i know i was like oh i was because it was like oh the media like on the fiction started like not like quickly and i was like oh yeah like probably like the next year would be like whoa you started writing this while it was happening and now it's published and this guy was just like nope i'm on it <laughs> jeez i'm on it also, I'm like, how fast are you writing, bro? Yeah, no kidding. Unless he already had like a kind of a murder yeah novel written and then was like, boy, this is gonna be the hot ticket. <laughs> like just right. plug, plug in the details and right, sell it. <laughs> oh wow, that's rough. Yeah, crazy. Uh so there continue to be novels and short stories about Jack the Ripper worldwide, um, into the nineteen hundreds. Um, of course, also nonfiction attempts to interpret the evidence and put forward your theories. Um, there was apparently a big trend for <laughs> Jack the Ripper and Sherlock Holmes stories. Um, sure. Which makes sense. I mean, you got to get the world's greatest detective um, on, on this the, case. On the biggest unsolved mystery. On the yeah. biggest unsolved mystery. Um, there are stage shows and operas about Jack the Ripper as a character. And of course, you know, once people started making film and TV, there was plenty of that too. 
Um, there are actually multiple Hammer horror films inspired by Jack the Ripper. Mm. Um, my favorite being Hands of the Ripper, in which Jack the Ripper's daughter is possessed by his spirit and forced to murder people. Okay, love that. Right. <laughs> we love when there's a when there's a weird femme daughter twist to right. it. I was gonna say old Ring Dracula's loves, daughter. Loves a loves a killer's daughter trope. Yes. Um, isn't um am i crazy isn't the song mac the knife supposed to be about yeah Jack the i think Ripper? it's con- yeah i think it's connected or it's to Jack it connected Ripper. to him yeah. somehow like he's mm-hmm. the, the 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 that that killer is um thought to be like the father of the guy who ended up being i don't know there's some connection there i remember yeah there were there were so many connections that oh, i like, believe yeah as i was going through i'm like all right we're gonna pick out a few a few yeah. things <laughs> take, take, because... a, take a selection of ripper lore um yeah this is like really going everywhere i mean obviously there's some inspiration um jack the ripper ties in with sweeney todd and oh, of course, yeah. other things um something that i thought was interesting is like as time progresses you kind of see how like the theories shift with along with like social shifts Mm -hmm. um so at the time like we mentioned it was generally kind of imagined that the ripper was like some kind of foreigner or strange you know person um but by like the 1960s it was very common to be like oh the ripper was secretly part of the upper class and was like (laughs) people were realizing with forensics that most killers were rich white men <laughs> right they're like hmm did a rich white man do this probably probably <laughs> but I, and i think that also like because i definitely feel like i see both um representations of jack the ripper as like very like animalistic and like mm-hmm. brutal um but there's also kind of this weird undertone of like sort of like a gentleman a gentleman murderer i've which... literally always like when if you said that to me if you just said jack the ripper i'm like picturing him in a top hat right 100%. yeah percent. yeah yeah and i think that became like a very um prominent kind of thing where we're like oh wait it was it was it a rich guy and like on one hand i'm like yes of course obviously you know it's always a terrible white man <laughs> um but on the other hand i'm kind of like ooh, are we are we kind of like admiring this guy and being like oh to have you know evaded capture he must have been you know wealthy and clever kind of vibe which i i also sure. don't love <laughs> so eh, there's not really there's no winning here <laughs> um uh oh one thing so i will say probably like kind of like at the heart of my like jack the ripper media experience um is from hell the graphic novel uh, by alan moore and eddie campbell um this is based um very strongly on um a theory by stephen knight um he wrote a book called jack the ripper the final solution um which has been like vastly disproved mm-hmm. <laughs> and is like not at all true and even even in the appendix for the book alan moore is like i don't believe this but it's cool so <laughs> so i made a comic about it Perfect. um so this this version involves goes all the way up to prince albert being involved in the ripper murders freemasons um that's that's the kind of stuff you gotta like know a, a full uh, <laughs> um national treasure conspiracy that's pretty much yeah and that was because really the first ripper book i read was 
see now i'm forgetting the title of it uh it was patricia cornwall's book but that is also that like it's the theory that like this specific this artist um walter sickard was jack the ripper because he was kind of like a weirdo (laughs) basically (laughs) Mm -hmm, at that mm -hmm. time who was like into the case um but it's really all based on like information from the stephen knight book which is like not not factual so it would be hard for me to believe that there was a conspiracy wrapped around it because i feel like if that were the case the murders would be more like um like uh, attacking specific people i guess yeah you know like trying to like get rid of uh prominent people in some way or something like the fact yeah. the fact that it's like a, a man aggressing women doesn't seem particularly conspiracy linked to me <laughs> yeah the so i i don't want to get into it but it's like basically there's like a thought that one of these women was potentially linked to like an illegitimate child of the royalty mm. and so it was kind of like oh they killed her but then they kept they killing other it. people to hide it kind of thing oh, okay, it's sort okay, of okay. the vibe there um it is it is not not likely to be true but it is an sure. interesting thing to read about um so jack the ripper has also been in video games he's in anime where he's so i have not watched this anime um but apparently in a show called black butler which i have heard about um they like go back in time and find out that it's of course it's like oh this was actually a man and a demon that was do <laughs> of doing course this, you know like you do i hate um, when there's a secret demon that i didn't know about secret demons making you murder um and I will I will wrap it up um, by saying that a Jack the Ripper museum opened in 2015, uh, which you may remember for causing a lot of blowback on the internet and criticism, because it was presented to the Planning Commission as a women's history museum. And oh, apparently, no. uh, people didn't know until they put up the marquee that it was actually a Jack the Ripper museum. Uh, so that's gross. Oh boy, I missed that whole thing. That's rough. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're still open, um, <sighs> as far as I can see. Um, I would not. Uh, I probably would not go there. Um, yeah. But <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, I know this was kind of like a, a mishmash sort of episode, but I just kind of wanted to talk about this weird, weird and wacky case, and it's just one of those things where it's like the more i try to put my hands around it the more i'm like there's nothing here yeah. <laughs> there's nothing to hold on to um and i i know people are like oh i'd love to know the mystery and i'm like we're we're this is just something that we will never know like we're never yeah, gonna know but those are and it, like you said it makes sense why it's prevailed because that those are the most intriguing things is the stuff we can't understand you know yep uh continues to be a mystery um and obviously we also have like a lot of other killers are named in the style um, of Jack the Ripper, both in real life and, for example, you know, in the Hannibal universe, we have the mm-hmm. Chesapeake Ripper. Uh, yep. So <laughs> there, people people continue to be ripping. People, <laughs> yeah. people be ripping. People be ripping, uh, and mysteries remain unsolved. And um, I definitely want to check out this book um, about uh, the women who were killed because they are the ones who had the worst time of this and especially with no respect from the press mm-hmm. definitely i'm glad someone's compiled that that's yeah. good at least agreed even if it did come 100 <laughs> years later 
<laughs> All right. Well, that is me. Um, if any of you guys have a Jack the Ripper fixation, if you have a favorite piece of media um, featuring this wicked character, uh, let us know. Um, but thank you so much for listening and for joining us here in this new year. Um, if you enjoyed the show, uh, we would love it if you would leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. It really helps us spread the word about our show. Um, and I think Mitch has some some other, some semi-related <laughs> nice words uh, to share today. <laughs> semi-related nice words. Well, speaking of killers uh, from the, <laughs> the, hey. the turn of the century there, um, we, as y'all know, our last episode of the year was the uh, kit bag reading of our Victorian Christmas tale. And we uploaded a video version of that to my YouTube channel as well. If you haven't checked that out yet, you can head over to YouTube, search Midge Munster. It's right on there for you. Um, but we figured maybe today for something a little different, we would read some comments from yes. that video because y'all had a lot to say <laughs> and were <laughs> so fun over there. So um, I'm going to read a, a selection of comments from that, uh, starting with Sabrina Lopez, who said, never had so much fun while folding laundry. I could <laughs> listen to you two tell spooky stories for hours. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I also... My personal favorite that I pulled out here is from uh, Jack Quigg, I believe is the name, and uh, says, it's almost midnight. I live alone. Why the fuck am I listening to this right now? <laughs> Hope you don't have a kit bag on your floor. So uh, for you, here's another episode about a killer. Don't listen to it too late. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, and then let's see if as a final one here, I will pull from TLR. I, I'm sure that this is, you ever try to read it and you're like, that's probably a word. And I'm just not saying yeah. it. TLR Appley said, love this ladies. Thank you. Keep those tales coming. Now I need to find the nursemaid's tale too. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Aww. So thank you all so much for uh, tuning into that episode, for checking us out over on YouTube outside of our usual format. Uh, we had a lot of fun making that for you, and we're so glad you enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, and once again, Happy New Year to all of you. Hopefully it is spooky. Uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, spooky. My, that's my only wish. J delightfully spooky delightfully spooky delightfully spooky um if you would like uh some more delightfully spooky content um in your life you can follow our podcast on instagram at ghouls night in pod and you can find me across the internet at penny snark and i am all over the web at midge munster and until next time good, good. bye, bye. 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 B